Welcome to Unboxing Logistics, the podcast from EasyPost where we dive into all of the topics that are most pertinent in the industry right now. I'm Lori Boyer and I am your host today. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, Nancy Seabolt. You'll get to meet her in just a second, but we're going to be talking all about ERP implementation today really interesting topic. I was reading up some studies around the topic recently and I saw that, you know, our industry, the logistics and shipping industry, it's one of the most important um, industries for an ERP system. It's also um, where we can see a lot of value. 95% of those in our industry say that it's brought a lot of value having an ERP system and making sure it's it's implemented well and running well within your company. So Nancy is our expert all on ERP and we are going to learn so much about how, what, when, all the good details on that today. Nancy, could you introduce yourself for us a little bit? Sure. Hi, Laurie. Um, yeah, my name is Nancy. I um, am a uh, ERP practice lead for Summit Advisory Team. So Summit is a um, division within Easy, Easy Post, and we're providing um, industry-leading consulting services uh, for omni-channel, supply chain, warehouse, uh, enterprise systems, which would be my area, technology, architecture, and um, change management. So as the practice lead for the ERP work stream, our team's focused on strategy and program management for the core foundational systems that support business operations like merchandising, inventory management, production materials planning, um, as well as counting and finance, all those fun things. Um, my background is I way back when was an actual coder or developer, if you will, and um, migrated to um, managing and leading um, IT teams for various organizations and um, ultimately um, led me to working with clients to drive large-scale ERP implementations um, as well as transformational projects. So I had the opportunity to learn the systems that support the, the business businesses and provide that expertise and, and leverage that expertise to help clients do their own implementation. So okay, you me. you are so cool. You are woman in tech from <laughs> early days of coding. That is amazing, and I'm super excited. So every time that we have an episode here on unboxing logistics, it's really important to me and for our community that everybody has just some immediate takeaways. Things that when you're done listening, I want you to, you know, turn it off, turn off the video, turn off the audio, whatever you're doing. You guys know I'm talking to you. Um, and, and implement a few of the tips in our life. So we're actually going to start with those hot takes, I like to say, or a big takeaway from Nancy. And then we'll come back and we'll kind of revisit them throughout the episode. But Nancy, after everybody's done listening today, what are three things that are, are hot takes from you? Um, I would say, first and foremost, communication and change management, planning and execution, it's the critical, it's critical to success of the project. So that's that should be, you know, first and foremost. Communication, um, okay. Yeah. And then and, um, top-down sponsorship and support. Um, you've got to align on priorities across the organization and and you know, attempt that go forward with the project um, with that in mind. So you need that top-down sponsorship and support. 
Um, and I would say the third thing is, and this is often the case, it's not an IT project. It's not a technology driven project. It needs to be business led for a business led. I love that. Okay. I had so many questions right when you said that, but I'm holding myself back uh, because I want to get to know you a little bit as well. So one of the things our community really loves is getting to know everybody in the industry. So I'm just actually going to ask you a few questions and we'll get to know the real Nancy. Oh so boy. One of my favorite questions to get to know people, Nancy, is tell me what you were like in high school. High school, junior high, what, what kind of teenager were you? I probably was kind of in the middle. Um, so I was, you know, I, I actually am a middle child. So that made oh, me, me too. Made drive. Okay. So that may drive why, why I am the way I am. But um, so, you know, older sibling, the model child, you know, and then the younger siblings, a bit of the wild child. So I'd say mm -hmm. I kind of rode the middle there. A little, little bit of, you know, antics, but, you know, tried to toe the line. So. Oh, good. Did you, were you the type who was always getting straight A's? Did you participate in any sports or any clubs or anything in school? Yeah. So not, not a jock for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. You, you had your tech hat on already. You were right. Yeah. Well, you know, I there were certain certain subjects I excelled in and certain certain ones that I didn't. But uh, you know, I actually grew up wanting to be a nurse. Um, but then when I got into like biology and sciences, uh, not so much my thing. So <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, yeah. So that that was that was I me love that. That's yeah. so great. Okay. Yeah. Nancy, if you were to win the lottery today, besides giving half of the money to me, because I know that's the first thing you do, um, what would you do? What so, would life look like for Nancy? Yeah, I mean, I, I do have some passion around, you know, helping organizations, you know, with charity. And, you know, I wanted to, I would love to be able to carve out more time to volunteer and not just give away money, but, you know, actually do things for the community. So, I know that sounds a little corny, but that would probably be my first first thing is to just find ways to give back. So. Okay, that is not corny because that is exactly what I always say. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I like to work and I like to like be busy, but I would love that everything I was doing was just helping others somehow, you know, running yeah. that. And, and so, yeah, probably part of the reason I actually love working on the podcast and whatnot is because I can bring people like you, experts to our audience to give them a little bit of help and help them along in their career. So, okay, we're ready to dive into all things ERP. Okay. Okay, so Nancy, for some of our audience who may not even know what an ERP is, you know, our, our community out there runs the gamut. So tell us a little bit, what, what is an ERP system? Uh, what is its purpose? All that, those good deeds. So ERP systems really come into play when companies outgrow uh, running their business on spreadsheets. So they, you know, spreadsheets you know can only can only take you so far. So the systems bring information together into a central database, if you will, um, and try and streamline all the processes supporting those business operations. So in a nutshell, it kind of brings together the people the core business processes and the technology across the organization that if that makes okay. sense. Okay. It's yeah. kind of like a hub. Is that what yes. I'm hearing? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. It's bringing, you know, all of the people and connecting all those processes within 
the, the core system. Okay. That's awesome. I know I hear a lot people, processes, and technology, right? So it's kind of a hub for all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I was mentioning earlier, I read that our industry, logistics, supply chain, is really an important industry for ERP systems. Why is that? So it's really every industry you know, does rely on ERP systems to run their core functions. So if you think of a product development company, um, you know, they're going to need their systems to um, manage that project product development from materials and planning um, to uh, manufacturing and then inventory management. And then every company has to deal with accounting and finance, right? So that's all part of the ERP system. So, and, you know, those systems, those applications need to be supported. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, and what maybe are some examples of ERP systems so people could know kind of, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Sure. Uh, you know, I, Oracle, you know, Oracle comes to mind for larger companies as well as SAP. I'm sure those are companies that everyone's heard of. Um, we're also seeing, you know, in the midsize, um, a lot of NetSuite, which is a division of Oracle. Um, Sage is another one. Um, and also Microsoft Dynamics. So those are just to name a few that, that you know, folks might might have heard, or if they're looking, might want to poke around and take a look at what those systems do. Okay. Are ERP systems, do you think, beneficial for most companies? Or, you know, you mentioned once they've outgrown the spreadsheet, if we have somebody who's maybe right on that cusp, how could they know maybe that it's time to move on to an ERP versus just their spreadsheets? Yeah. If it's becoming difficult to manage, um, there's, you know, concern about accuracy of data, they're trying to go public. <laughs> you know, those are things that you're going to need to have um, core ERP systems in place um, to actually, you know, run your business and be able to do proper financial reporting. Okay. So yeah. if things are starting to feel a little unwieldy, you feel like that's that sense of dread you get at night that like maybe there's data going on that you're not sure where it is. Maybe I'm the only one who like gets that, but you know, <laughs> no, I'm all worried. Not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you've got data over here and data over here and they're supposed to match and they don't, and you're not sure why, you know, that it's time to, you know, take a look at how you're running your business on what systems and, you know, the ERP systems can help pull all that together. Okay, awesome. And what about switching ERP systems? So let's say you've already had one for a long time. What is maybe a symptom or a, a sign for you that maybe it's time for you to upgrade? Maybe you mentioned there's mid-tier ones, you need to get a bigger one, or it, you know that what you've got just isn't working for you. I think most of what we're seeing out there are um, systems that have been implemented a while ago. Perhaps the software vendor is no longer supporting them. Um, and They've been highly customized and can't grow any further. You know, those are some of the things that we see happening out there um, and, and kind of forcing the need to move to other other systems. Ideally, okay. yeah, ideally you want to look for, you know, as the, the newer cloud-based systems are really giving companies um, options in terms of, of growing and, um, you know, the methodology to, to take them um, into the future. So if somebody's had the same ERP system, say for 10 years, do you think that that's probably a time frame, or maybe they're using a legacy system? Are we talking more 20 years? Like how old is old? Uh, yeah, I mean, 
I would I would say it, it really depends on whether the system was built for growth or not. Certainly, you know, 20 year old mainframe systems, you know, that's not gonna uh, fly go forward. Um, so if you're on a green screen, it's probably time to look, it's probably time to look for something else. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Okay, so we've got our, our audience, let's say that they've thought, okay, I'm ready. These spreadsheets are not doing it, or they're saying, I think that it's time for me to get a little bit of an upgrade, a little change. That's why we're here today is to talk about the implementation of the new ERP system. Mm -hmm. I know when we've talked before, um, team is kind of a big approach for you around implementation. Can you explain to me a little bit about that approach and what that means to you? So, yeah, I mean, the project team, yeah, uh, it, it's, it's, it's more than just a project manager checking off items on a task list, right? Um, key members of the organization have to be engaged um, and empowered to make design decisions um, that best support the business operations. Um, they need to be aligned on the vision and work collaboratively towards those goals. So um, how do you form this team? Is this a temporary team that you form just during the implementation process? Um, yeah, the, so the team, the team needs to be thought out upfront. Um, so that, that team, you know, it starts from the top, right? So, um, putting together, you know, who, who's, who's championing the project, um, okay. and then defining, you know, the, the key roles within the project, you know, there's, you know, the, the, the key roles being, you know, you start with your executive sponsor, you know, who's okay. going to champion and drive the strategy for this project. Right. So that, that's key. And then you have your project manager, um, okay. And their role is to keep that those timelines and scope in check, make sure the project's running smoothly. Um, and then there's an implementation partner. So depending on the size of your organization and the capabilities, you, we usually see an implementation partner uh, or a systems integrator being brought in to, okay. to help with the implementation. And they, they have expertise in the particular software that you're implementing. Um, and they provide technical and functional resources to assist, but they're not there to make business decisions. That's really, you know, the client organization needs to own that. Okay, so that goes back to the the hot take you had at the beginning that this isn't an IT, It's this isn't a technical, this isn't about just the software, it's a business um, Correct. decision. What what do you mean by that? Um, so if you have a... a um, an IT driven project, you have technologists who are um, focused on, you know, what's best from a system architecture standpoint, you know, what's best from a technology standpoint, but their role, they're, they're not running business operations. So they're not gonna necessarily know how best to organize your product, um, how, you know, how best to set up your product hierarchy, if you will, that's, that's a key thing in some of the merchandising systems out there. but. Um, you know, the IT organization is not well-versed in how the business operations run. So you really need to have folks on the project team who can help guide the technology um, implementation. That makes okay, sense. Okay, my husband's a total tech guy. He's a software engineer. Mm -hmm. And I just have to say that he can get bogged down in the tech yeah. and be and not always think of the bigger picture in terms of you know oh but this will work much better with this integration of blah 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 you know 
Yeah. Where I'm more like, let's look over the uh, the whole organic. What? How is this going to impact everything? And so I can totally relate to what you're saying. So, okay. So you said we need an executive sponsor. So let's say that you've come into this company. You're like, I'm consulting. I'm going to bring it down. I'm creating my team. You've got an executive sponsor. That's just an executive team member who's passionate about it, who is a champion, you said. Tell me about right. that person, what that looks like. So that person, uh, you know, typically part of the executive team right. um, will help have, will, will have helped build the business case for the, for the project um, and gotten the, the funding for it. And then, brings the executive other executive team members together um to to make sure that this project is you know key for the organization gets alignment on you know the priorities for the business and that you know this is the right time these are the right people this is the right funding um and uh we'll we'll ch champion that project as it moves forward okay so if this executive let's say she or he are listening right now they're trying to work then, you said, they help develop this, this project team, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, you said we get a project manager. Yep. And a tech person, I assume, did you cover yeah, that? Yeah, and, certainly, yeah, yeah, certainly. You know, there's a number of other roles, you know, on the technology team, you're gonna have, um, obviously, your, your integration team members, your system okay. or enterprise architecture, uh, making sure that, this is gonna fit into the landscape, how it fits. Um, you're also gonna have reporting and data warehouse team members. So, um, you know, these ERP systems have a lot of data, but you're gonna need um, reporting analytics built out that are, you know, focused on what your business needs are. So that's a key team, you know, to, to incorporate. Um, security, data security, um, application security, and then infrastructure, you know, um, you know, basically, you know, how how that's going to fit into the to the technical landscape. So that's those are other key roles. Uh, okay, so those the are the technology. the good tech and and key roles. Any other areas where they should make sure that they have on their team? So the you know change management we mentioned that before having somebody lead out on change and understand and map how that change is going to be uh, executed, and then probably the key resources on it are the subject matter experts from the business. So okay. each each project team is going to need um, these subject matter experts um, from across the organization. And they'll be the champions from their respective departments in their respective, in their roles. So not only do they bring to the table the expertise to make the design decisions, but they're also going to be the go-to person or the the change agent within their respective departments to make sure that there's adoption so uh, you know understanding and adoption so they're really going to help um champion within their own departments so th those are key roles that, yeah. yeah that is so critical that you know we can spend millions of dollars and but you don't get buy-in you know and nobody implements it then it's kind of pointless. So I, I love those individual champions, the subject matter experts of the different industries. So when when we're said and done, what would be, would you guess, the typical size of this kind of team? We're talking 10 to 12 people, five, how big's too big? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it really depends on the organization. Um, Cause, and I think that's the one thing that, you know, what we try and do is not bring a um, cookie cutter approach to um, an implementation. We really need to understand the culture of the organization, but I, I would expect that the team could be um, on the small side, maybe 12 people on the large side could be 30 people. So, okay. Okay. So 12 to 30, that's a great ballpark range. Um, what about the time for an implementation? Um, what, what could they expect on average? How long does that last? <laughs> and that's that I know it's the usual pot answer. It really depends. Right. Uh -huh. um, and it's, it's, it's what your, um, what your scope is, you know, how, you know, how many, um, key business operations, um, are going to be part of the scope for your project. So it could be, could be four months. Um, it could be 18 months. So it, it really depends. Okay. And have you seen both? What, I mean, what's I the have. shortest and the longest you've ever seen? Uh, Putting yeah. On the so spot now. I don't think you want the longest because that was, <laughs> I was brought in <laughs> on two different um, projects where they'd been through um, three different program managers and the implementation was um, three years behind. So, <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's not where you want to be. So that's worst case scenario. What were the kind of hiccups, the problems that led to it being so long? And I think that's, you know, our audience doesn't want that to happen to them. Um, you know, for this particular case or, or just even others that you've seen, what are some of those roadblocks that may create kind of a disaster like that? In these particular cases, um, I think the mistake that was made is trying to make the new system meet the old way of doing things. So in other words, you know, replicating how things were done before by customizing the system and making it work exactly like it did before. So that's not transformation. Oh. That's, you know, customization. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, it, it ends up getting unwound, you know, it's because it's not, you know, it's not best practice and it's not, you know, allowing the company to move forward. So those are, those were some of the reasons. And then, you know, the, the other thing is, was, you know, folks unable or um, not empowered to make the right design decisions. So um, team members, you know, design, making design decisions that were then unwound by executives, you know, down the road. So. Um, those were okay. Some, so those that were brings into, yeah, I, that is so insightful and very, very helpful in terms of number one, sometimes we think we want change, but all we're really trying to do is have the exact same, you know, we don't like things to always change. We're comfortable with the status quo. So mm -hmm. get that right out of your mind, you guys, if that's what you're wanting to do, you know, change means change. It's a little uncomfortable, but also that executive leadership role. So let's talk a little bit more about that because that was one of your hot takes at the beginning. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, you. I liked how you said that the employees weren't empowered to be able to do maybe what they needed to do. And, and that, that executive role, let's talk a little bit more about that. Can you share kind of what this executive person needs to have in their mental arsenal? What, what do they need to go into this prepared to know and do? Yeah. I mean, make the tough calls sometimes, you know, and that's, you know, really being the, um, the ultimate decision maker. 
Um, you know, not every team member is going to agree. You know, one department may want to do something one way. Another department has another requirement and they may not, you know, align. Um, and as the executive sponsor, you know, we really, the, the project team would really rely on that person to help make the final call um, and not, you know, and, and have it be a, you know, a well-informed decision, obviously, and something that'll work go forward, but um, really be the, um, the guide for, for, the, for the entire team and, and be able to cross um, the organization in terms of, you know, making decisions, understanding how business process works and, um, and helping with the change management around that. Okay, so which do you see as a more common challenge for this role? That A, they kind of leave it up to the departments to battle it out. They don't make the call. As you said, one of their jobs is to make the call. Or do you see more often that maybe they just make the call but don't get buy-in from the team that didn't get and the call the way they wanted? Yeah, and that's where you end up getting design decisions, getting, you know, re re looked at and unwound um, if that doesn't happen. So it's really not just making the call, but making the parties you know involved understand what the call is and why it why it is what it is and um, ensuring that you know there's adoption go forward. So I think that that's a good call out, Lori. Awesome. Um, so let's talk about strategies you're implementing. What are some of the key strategies then? We talked a little bit about some of these challenges that some organizations had three plus years. I mean, that just gives us all shivers. Um, but what are things yeah, that, that let's avoid that, right? Yeah, so that. What, yeah. what are some key strategies to make sure that we've got a smooth implementation? Um, well, I think uh, anticipate bumps. So, you know, there's going to be bumps along the way. Um, and you've got to level set expectations on that. And then, you know, having a plan in place to address those. So just, you know, keeping, keeping the eye, keeping your eye on that and making sure that, um, you know, everyone is informed. So communication, um, across, you know, during the project at all times is really important across the organization so that there's no surprises at the end. So no one's feeling left out, even if they're not part of the project team, you know, they know this change is coming and then, you know, you're expanding who's involved when process design is happening so that everyone's engaged at that point. Okay. So are there, you know, since we have kind of a wide range of timing for implementation and whatnot, are there KPIs or metrics, you know, things that people should look at to make sure you're staying on track that while you know you've anticipated for this bump in the road, you know, that you haven't hit a mountain, hit a wall or something. Yeah. So the KPIs are really different, you know, for each organization, but from a project standpoint, I mean, obviously you're, you know, you're, you're, you're measuring to the project plan, you know, you, you do, you know, you develop these milestones um, along the way. Um, you know, I know yeah, you, companies approach projects differently, whether it's a waterfall or an agile method, but regardless, there needs to be some key milestones so that there's, you know, um, alignment on design, you know, functional design. How, how is the system going to be configured to work go forward? Um, and then you have, you know, uh, specific checkpoints along the way that you're you're measuring yourself to. And that's that's really where the project manager comes into play yeah. is making sure you're hitting those, you know, those checkpoints. And if and when you go off track, which is going to happen because, you know, um, 
things happen, um, whether it be business or, you know, team or, you know, technical challenges or stuff that's going to happen along the way. So that project manager's, you know, role is to really, you know, make sure those things are identified, escalated where needed, you know, where needed and, you know, the obstacles are overcome so that the team can move forward. What I really heard was that project manager is critical here in making sure that you've set something. So you're yeah. not saying, hey, well, we'll probably get this done within the next nine months. And that's your KPI. You know, that's your metric. Instead, it's, you know, let's hit stage this at stage this. And, and the project manager is helping to drive that and adjust. Hopefully the reason they're needing to adjust is that, you know, business blew up so huge that they've got 20 million times the orders that they had and they've been so busy, right? But right. whatever the hiccups are that came along the way that you're adjusting and, and making sure that you're keeping things moving and not just stalled. Does that seem like what? Yep, you got it. Okay, perfect. Okay, let's talk about what a steering committee is. Sure. So the steering committee, and, you know, again, it depends on your organization and how big or, you know, formal they are. Um, but the steering committee is really, they're guiding the way. Um, and when there are conflicting opinions requiring design decisions or, you know, a yes, no, or, you know, um, a, a debate that, you know, you can't drive to closure, the steering committee is where you'd escalate to. Um, they're also who the project manager would report to, to make sure that, you know, they're informed on project status and, you know, if there's any uh, uh, variance to the plan. But so are, are they like a sub segment of the full project team? They're just a few members who are on the project team who are also the steering committee. Yeah. So it's a little bit of both. It may be um, project team members and their, you know, um, department leads, you know, it I, you know, Every, every company has different roles, but it's usually department leads um, who can uh, uh, answer for and, and own their in respective areas and, and make those final calls when needed. Okay. and But it may be outside of the team as well then. Yes. And I yeah. can imagine that being really helpful because sometimes when you're on a team, you get bogged down in all the details of the team and like the, no, of course we can't do this. This is too hard, but an outside perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. It's this higher level perspective, right? So somebody who's passionate and knows, you know, their particular job within their department and how they work doesn't necessarily see the bigger picture. So that steering committee is really helping, you know, provide that um, oversight and that, that high level guidance. Yeah. So I'm hearing a lot of need for change management. Yes. <laughs> do you, so we, do we typically just have a single change management point person? Are there, are there multiple change management? I mean, change management, I just read some study where a huge number of projects fail because of lack of buy-in, right? Lack of getting people on board. And that is a very complex relationship and emotion driven and uh, you know all of those different pieces so to me change management seems really critical here I guess just can you share a little bit about how you approach the change management role who that is and how it functions sure and and we have a, a change management practice lead whose sole focus is this on for you know understanding change management helping guide change management for all types of projects but you know, for, for ERP in particular um, you know, there's a change management plan that needs to be developed to focus on 
how are you going to take your associates um, to the new business process? Um, it's defining the roadmap for going from A to B um, from a from a personal standpoint. And that's, you know, a communication plan. Um, how are you going to keep everyone informed throughout the project and how are you going to keep them excited and, and up to date on what's coming, right? And just kind of prepare them for the change. Um, defining those SOPs, those standard operating procedures, right? So how are they going to function go forward and making sure that those are mapped out? Um, some, some companies are, are, you know, pretty organized around that. Some companies don't have written standard operating procedures, but coming out of this ERP project, you really need to um, commit to that because that's, that's really going to help onboard new associates and help adoption go forward. Um, and it's also about assessing the roles and responsibilities that will be needed go forward. And does that mean organizational change for, for your company? You know, are you going to be moving somebody from one department to another because, you know, that process is shifting a bit? And do you have the skill set to support that go forward? Um, and then, you know, that kind of the obvious ones are training plan um, and, you know, execution. So that's that's what people sometimes think change management is, is just training, but it's absolutely yeah. not. No. And it reminds me a little bit of one of your first hot takes from the beginning about communication. Mm -hmm. You know, communication always feels like one of these soft skills that it's not always easy to measure. We don't have the KPI and metrics to be like, wow, you communicated really well. You know, it's just a hard thing to measure. And because of that, it can sometimes get missed. So I absolutely love that you included it as your very first hot take, um, the importance of communication. Can you, do you have anything else to say around that, especially when it comes to change management, but also any of the roles? What, how do you recommend that communication takes place? Um, uh, early and often, <laughs> okay. you know, yeah, early and often. And it's, you know, it's, it's also the, the, the mechanism. How do you typically communicate with your associates and being creative about what, how to connect them, especially in a world where a lot of people are remote. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a little bit easier, you know, when people are all in the same place and you can get them together and have big formal meetings, but, um, being remote, you know, it's, it's got its own challenges. Um, and, uh, you know, you need to keep the organization up to speed on, uh, and on on the journey, right? So um, it, it's going to help uh, with adoption and relieve that anxiety um, as you get closer to implementation. Um, I love so. how you said early and often. Mm -hmm. Nancy's Nancy's hot take, communicate early and often. I often will say over communicate, error on the side of over communication rather than under communication. Yep. Uh, what have you seen? Have you seen any experiences, especially with the remote thing? That actually was really interesting to me when you brought that mm -hmm. up because of the fact I feel like it's easier to gauge if somebody's really on board in person. Absolutely. You know, if yeah. they really are versus on a camera. So, you know, you talked about that method of reaching out. What how, what are your recommendations for remote teams? Yeah. So I've seen some people get pretty creative and, you know, doing, um, you know, meetings and, you know, video calls where it's, you know, focused on, you know, communicating about the project and what's coming and engaging different, you know, team members to maybe, you know, represent and, and talk about their particular area and what's going to change go forward and how they're excited and um, 
engaging those um, subject matter experts who are part of the project team and having them be part of the discussions. Um, and even things like, you know, surveys, interact, you know, fun, mm. interactive games and so forth. I don't know. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not the best change management person myself. That's why I make sure there's a team member on there who's, who's better at it than I am, but uh, really finding ways to engage um, and get feedback um, so that you understand that people are on the journey with you. Yeah. And I think just as you're mentioning here, just being aware that it's important and that that is a critical element and not overlooking its importance. I know recently I was on a, a virtual call with a few team members and I sent some hesitancy in, in one of the people on the call. And I just mm -hmm. did a quick, you know, Slack message after like, Hey, are you really like on board with this? And, and then we were able to have a good discussion, but I think virtually just being aware and trying to think, um, look for maybe those little, those cues, but Nancy, you said it. Well, that, we're not the change management people. So that's why you make sure you get <laughs> yeah. the right people. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think it's really about understanding your audience too. Um, you know, you may have a thorough understanding of how a system works and, you know, are really solid from a technology standpoint, but that person may be in marketing and knows how to connect with customers and what they need from a, you know, customer stand, customer loyalty standpoint, but you guys may be talking, you know, apples and oranges. So yes. find a way to connect with that person to make sure that they're on the same page with you. Um, one of the things I was wondering, Nancy, is how do you make sure that that team, I mean, the team is critical from everything that I'm hearing from you. How do you make sure they have the time? You know, obviously you're pulling people in who already have their own responsibilities, but also that right skill set. You know, you mentioned that we need different skills across the board. So how do you ensure that? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that, Lori, because with um, allocating the time, so the team members themselves, let's talk about the skill set, right? So okay. you need to have some natural leadership skills um, in order to champion for their department. So they may not be the manager of the department, but it may be somebody who you see as, you know, ultimately being in that role. So somebody who's maybe developing into that role, but, you know, just has some natural leadership skills because... They're gonna they're gonna need to um, lead that department, be the change agent for that department when the system goes in, and be the go-to person. So leadership, great communication skills are really important as well because you know they need to be able to, like we said before, right, relate to their audience and and bring them along and make sure that their department is successful in this new new world. And then, I love, and I just had to break in. I love how you said that it doesn't have to be the manager because occasionally yeah. the manager may be, for instance, if you're a certain, you know, department that's very tech, you know, heavy, or maybe they don't have those right kind of gather the team and get everyone behind you kind of personality. And I have been on a team before where somebody was just such a leader on the team and held no management role. Mm -hmm. But this person, he was really able to just kind of get everyone together and, and kind of get everyone on board, had those communication skills, had those, as you put it, leadership skills. So I love that you pointed that out. I would guess you go to the manager of the team and say, who do you think is the right person? Maybe it is the manager, but um, it's not always. So anyway, I just yeah. love that you said that. So uh, no, And the, the other thing I think that you brought up is, you know, the allocation of time. So it ideal project. Somebody's taken out of their role, 
100% dedicated to their project, singular focus. Um, doesn't happen from my perspective. It, no. it, you know, it just doesn't happen. You know, that's, you know, that's ideal. Um, but uh, there does need to be some consideration from, you know, from the, you know, department heads who define who these people are going to be. And, and you know, alloc when allocating them to the project, they there needs to be some give and take. They need to be allowed time to focus and do this right. Um, and that may mean backfilling for part of their job or, you know, spreading their, you know, workload around so that they can have some time to focus on the project and then be realistic about it because you're just going to add stress to that person. They're just not going to, you know, be happy um, because they're just going to be overworked. So there's got to be some um, compensation for that, you know, some, you know, um, consideration, I should say. And then, you know, if you do take them out of their role or, you know, let's say they're a, a buyer and they're compensated on their gross margin and you're going to be taking part of their job away from them, how are you going to help offset that compensation? And that's, you know, we've seen, you know, that's something to consider too, um, is making sure that the person is whole at the end of the day and, you know, feels taken care of um, and is, you know, it adds to the excitement about being part of this team and taking them into the new world, if you will. So, yeah, and I, I want to add, I, that was just, it, you were bringing up, my husband has recently, he works at a very large manufacturing company. He's on a tech role and they recently moved all their systems from, they'd bought out another company. Right. And it yeah. was a huge year long project. Mm -hmm. And he had those exact expectations where he needed to be working on this transition while still, of course, running this stuff in the business he needs to. And I think one thing that their team did really well was making sure it was clear that it was a focus, that it was important, this implementation, and that it wasn't a, you know, like a, a side thought, a, you know, second thought, that it was something second you, fiddle. Yeah. You, you know, if you have an hour extra a day. Exactly, yeah. because be, then it just yeah. felt like so stressful. So I think that what you were saying with that, it, it is so critical and, and making him not feel like extra pressured because he was spending time on that because that was a priority. So, yeah. okay. Yeah. Anything else would you like to sum up? I've heard so many great things today. So I'm going to share. You had your hot takes at the beginning and completely were right. Number one, communication. That soft skill is so critical to the yep. overall success. Two, you talked about um, it needing to come from upper management, executive team. You have got to, th that role plays a gigantic part in the success. And three, that this wasn't a, a tech change, that this is a business change. I thought all of those were really insightful. But anything yeah. else you want to sum up for us today? Yeah, I think, um, you know, just make sure that, you know, the implementing the new ERP, it should be considered transformational. Um, avoid just replicating what's done today to keep status quo um, and consider your business growth as well as industry best practices. I think we talked a little bit about avoiding customization um, don't because that'll that'll just keep you stuck on the same system mm -hmm. for years and years and years. So, um, you know, these new cloud-based systems really kind of are geared towards not being customizable and, and, and allowing the flexibility to take upgrades and, and keep on that upgrade path. Um, we we got to be brave. We got we got to yeah. put on our our big boy and our big girl pants and and be willing to try something new. And you're not the only one implementing this system. These systems have been implemented for 
a lot of different other companies and incorporate best practices. So really consider what the, how the core system operates and you know what those best practices are and how they can be you know adopted by your organization. Okay, and I'm gonna throw out there as well final best practice, bring in someone like Nancy. I mean, that's what Nancy <laughs> lives and breathes. She's a consultant yeah. that comes in and helps companies like you um, get all of this done so that you don't end up, you know, three years later reaching out to Nancy to say, come save us. Yeah, How can I mean, they reach out to you, Nancy? What, you know, yeah. if, if they're looking for that? Yeah, so Summit Advisory Team, we have experienced team members. Um, who have been in business and technology roles as part of ERP implementation. So they've been part of these go, you know, in the past and um, successful in helping other organizations do it go forward. So if you're considering a change, we'd love the opportunity to discuss your objectives, where you want to go and share our experiences um, so we can help you get there. Awesome. That's perfect. And are you on LinkedIn or anything? Can people yes. follow you, reach out to you there? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I'll, I'll, I'll include that link in the bottom. Thank you so much for being here. I really learned a lot. Got me excited. I hope someday I, I'm a, I'm a SME and a, a subject matter expert that they put on an ERP implementation team <laughs> <laughs> and I'll use all the things I learned. Oh, sounds good, Lori. Give me a call. Okay. And I'll definitely give you a call. <laughs> that sounds perfect. Thanks again for being here. Have a great day, everybody.